your faith. I want to have a conversation this morning about what it means to make a stand with God so that other people see it. This morning I'm going to center this message around one step of that, and that's water baptism. What is with water baptism? And why water baptism? I mean, what is with that? This morning, I want to speak to that. I want to tell you what the Word of God says about it. And I want to just encourage you in water baptism. But before we do that, I want to pray. So why don't we just uh, bow our heads together and I'm just going to pray. Father God, I thank you that you love every single one of us. I thank you that you're an incredible creator and you created, created every person on purpose for a purpose. And Lord God, this morning, I pray that you prepare hearts to receive the seed that you have right now in the next few minutes. I pray, Lord God, that you cause that seed to land where you want it to land. I pray you anoint my words, less of me and more of you. In Jesus' precious name, amen, amen. Awesome. Well, in November this year, Daryl and I have been married 25 years. I know, I don't look at A. Eh? <laughs> Anyway, anyway, um, we've been married 25 years in November this year, which is super exciting. But let me, I, I, because I have the microphone right now. <laughs> I have the microphone. I'm going to tell you what this greatest love story, how it started. And then you can hear another version another time. But I have the floor this morning. Hey, look, we met in youth group at church. Great place to meet. Hamilton Elam was where we met. And uh, we went out for two years, Daryl and I. Two years. It just felt like a moment. It was great. It was great. And I was actually smitten with him quite early on. And I, Nairi sitting there like, oh. <laughs> and I had decided that I was going to marry this man quite early on because I'm quite an organized person. And I had decided that I was going to marry him. But he was taking a while to catch up. <laughs> I mean, what is there to, you know, argue about? But he was taking a little while to catch up with the idea. I think he was right, waiting for the writing in the sky. You know, like at school, D and D forever, to love one another. You know, that sort of, you used to scrape it into trees and write it on books, eh? I think he was waiting for that. <laughs> But what happened is, we must have been talking about getting married. No commitment yet, but we must have been talking about getting married. And I remember in the December of 93, we went shopping for an engagement ring. I think we went in December because maybe there was some sales on. <laughs> but we went shopping for an engagement ring. And I thought, oh, this means, you know. We went shopping for it, and we brought it. I thought, oh, goodness, it must be going to be soon. He's going to ask me. But he took it home, and he stuck it in the drawer. Now, at that time, he was flatting with his brother and some other friends. And it was in the drawer in his bedroom. Now, now and then, I would go over, and he might be outside doing mowing the lawns or in the lounge or something, and say, I've just got to go to the toilet. And I would pop into his room, and I would open the drawer, and I would put it on, and I I don't know how many times I did that. I desperately wanted that ring. 
I'd try it on and I'd put it back. And I'd, another week, I'd try it on and I'd put it back. <laughs> then I thought, then I got another hint that this might be the time. Because he said to me, let's go, I, you know, I need to talk to your dad. I thought, ooh, that's good. <laughs> so, mum made a beautiful dinner. I said to mum and dad, maybe, maybe. And so mum made a beautiful dinner, set the table, lovely. And Now what you need to understand is that I am an only girl. My dad's a policeman. And I have a brother either side of me. This is no easy feat to ask my dad if he can marry me. Anyway, mum's set the dinner. We have the dinner, it's beautiful, lots of, conversation, lots of opportunities and nothing, you know. No conversation happens. Anyway, we come to the end of the dinner. Mum's looking at me through dinner like... And I'm like... <laughs> come to the end of the dinner, and Daryl and I clear the table. Mum and Dad are still sitting at the table, and there's like a half wall between the kitchen bench and the dining room. And we are doing the dishes. Daryl's got his head almost in the dishwasher, putting the dinner plates in. And he says... <laughs> So, Keith, what do you think about Denise and I getting married? <laughs> and I looked at him and thought, what? <laughs> my dad says, my dad's like, I'm going to have some fun with this. So my dad says, Daryl, get around here and ask me like a man. <laughs> so he walks around. I mean, I can tell because I can read my dad. He's got a twinkle in his eye, but Daryl's like, <laughs> Daryl said, so what do you think about us getting married? Dad said, I think it's awesome. And he gave his permission. But there was no ring. <laughs> there was no proposal in the next week. There was, you know, four months after we purchased the ring. Four months. I have the microphone. Four months. He finally proposed to me. One of the best decisions you've ever made, darling. <laughs> Four months afterwards, he proposed to me. But can I tell you what? I was ecstatic to wear that ring. I was so excited to be engaged, to say that Daryl was going to be my husband forever. I was ecstatic. And for those of you that have been engaged before, you know what that's like. You're like shining that ring around wherever you can, even to strangers. <laughs> you want to tell everybody and anybody, don't you, that you're engaged and it's super exciting. Can I just suggest for a minute, just imagine, just imagine if you were that excited to tell the world that you'd said yes to Jesus. That you had said yes to Jesus, that you had said yes to salvation and that you had said yes not to just forever in this earth, but in eternity. You see, water baptism is like the wedding ring to your salvation. When we take that step and we get baptized, it is to emotionally, physically, and spiritually outwardly declare to the world that we're committed to him forever. We've made a decision. He's it. He's the primary love of my life forever. Please don't misunderstand me in this moment in that, you know, salvation stands regardless of whether you get baptized or not. 
It does, absolutely. But just like Daryl wanted me to be his wife, and I wanted to be, and he wanted to be my husband, that's it. (laughs) We wanted the world to know. We wanted to make that public declaration that this is what is going to be our journey and our commitment to each other forever. Because when you get baptized, it's like you're putting the wedding ring on your relationship with God. That's what it is. So in order for us to understand water baptism, it's important we see what the Bible has to say about it, isn't it? So why don't you pull out your notes now? And uh, there's some pens in front of you. Because I want you to take some notes. Because this is actually significant. This water baptism is significant. And the reason we should get water baptized is the first one is because we are following the example of Christ. That's our first thing. It says in Mark 1.9, At this time Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. The moment he came out of the water, he saw the sky split open and God's Holy Spirit looking like a dove came down on him. Isn't that awesome? And along with the Spirit, a voice saying, You are my son, chosen and marked by my love. You are the pride of my life. You are the pride of my life. You see, the Bible tells us that Jesus himself was baptized, which is actually interesting because he wasn't a sinner. He was perfect. But he humbled himself in obedience to identify with you and with me and model the way for us. And if it's good enough for Jesus, it's good enough for you and me. You see, Jesus not only modeled the way for us, he also commanded us to be baptized. As the Bible says in Matthew 28, 19, it says, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teach them to obey everything I've commanded them to do. Now, nowadays... I think we certainly overthink certain things, don't we? We leave them in our head for too long. In Peter's day, now Peter was one of the disciples, the believers would ask a simple question and then they would just do it. We read in Acts 2, 37 to 38, they're saying to Peter, so so now what do we do? What's our next step? And Peter says, change your life. Turn to God and be baptized, each of you, in the name of Jesus, so your sins are forgiven. They asked him, what shall we do? And Peter told them, repent and be baptized. And you know what? They didn't in that moment say, oh, let me think about that. I just need to see if it's the right thing to do. Might need to pray about that a little bit longer. They didn't say that. They went and did it because it was written and it was commanded and he asked them to do it. You see, maybe you're here this morning and you've had those sorts of conversations about baptism with God. I wonder if your conversation with God sounds something like this. God... Should I be baptized? Well, do you love me? Well, yes, Lord, you know that I do. 
do you declare that I am the Lord and the Savior of your life? Well, of course. Yes, I do. Well, do, do you plan? Do you plan to keep me as the Lord and Savior of your life? <laughs> what sort of question is that, Lord? Of course I do. Well, well then repent and be baptized. But God, I'm waiting for the right moment. The right moment? Yeah, you know. The moment when you get the feels and the warm fuzzies. And, and the moment when the lights just hit me at the right time and I hear your vo voice booming down saying, Denise, you're now good enough to be baptized. I already love you. You, you are already enough. Why don't you just come as you are and let me work on the rest? But God, what if I mess up again after I'm baptized? You know, I can guarantee 100% that you will. Just like we do in marriage and parenthood and friendships, we all mess up, don't we? You see, the baptism waters doesn't make you perfect. It doesn't make you perfect. But it metaphorically and symbolically shows that you're washed of your old life. You're telling people, I am working, I am committed to being made new in Jesus. And when we follow his example, and when we follow his commands, then it shows the world around us that we truly are his believers. It shows the world that we love him, that he is a priority in our life. You know, a few years ago, I lost my engagement ring and my wedding ring. I was in the car park in Botany, and um, I had an appointment to get to, and I took them off and stuck them on my lap to put some hand cream on but I forgot to put them back on. And it wasn't till later that night, and that was in the morning, it wasn't till later that night that I realized, where are my rings? So Daryl and I drove back late at night in the dark to the car park to hope that we can find my rings. And thankfully we did find them, but they were really uh, very poorly damaged from several cars <laughs> driving over them. And so needless to say, I had a few months when I didn't wear my wedding rings because they were in getting repaired. <coughs> I tell you that story to ask you this question. Because I didn't have my wedding rings on for a few months, was I still married? Absolutely. You see, because we said our I do's, we committed ourselves to each other on the 12th of November, 1994. And that's something we work out daily. Just like when you, your salvation, we work it out daily. Our commitment from our heart into an outward declaration. Followed through and lived out on a daily basis. In Romans 6, 4 to 5, it said, that's what baptism into the life of Jesus means. When we are lowered into the water, it is like the burial of Jesus. And when we're raised up out of the water, it is like the resurrection of Jesus. Each of us is raised into a light-filled world by our Father so that we can see where we're going in our new grace-sovereign country. Isn't that awesome? Baptism does not make you a believer, but it shows that you already are one. So what with the water? Why water? And why immersion in the water? Like, what is that about? Well, Jesus was baptized, and 
how he was baptized is really important, right? Because so many churches like to differ in this very matter. Some denominations of faith believe that you can baptize by sprinkling water. But just like we read, you know what baptism represents. It represents the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus. So can I ask, do you bury someone by sprinkling dirt on them? No. You fully immerse them in the ground, don't you? You see, baptize comes from the Greek word baptizo, which actually means to immerse, submerge, overwhelm with water. That's what it means. And God uses that word in the Bible again and again. And Jesus himself fully went under the water. He fully went under the water. And when we do, we're joining with Christ in his death and his resurrection. Colossians 2.12 says, If you were buried with Christ when you were baptized, for you were buried with Christ when you were baptized, and with him you are raised to a new life, because you trusted the mighty power of God who raised Christ from the dead. So not only does baptism publicly show our commitment like our rings do, it also symbolically shows that we're laying down our old past, our old life, our past sins, our mistakes, our old habits. The old life is now dead. And it represents us raising into a new life with him. Every baptism in the Bible was done by immersion. Every baptism. And can I just clarify here that often there's a misunderstanding and differing opinions between denominations of faith on baptism. Can I tell you that there was never ever in the Bible an infant baptism? Some churches believe you can baptize infants via the sprinkling or pouring method. But water baptism, as we've been reading, is a person fully understanding and fully choosing, saying, I do, of a journey with God. Now, you could be the smartest baby out, <laughs> but I don't think that you can make that choice. You know, here in Elam, we believe in prayer and the power of prayer. So we do child dedications, and they are exactly that. That is parents choosing to dedicate their home and their, uh, their way of parenting to a Christian's, uh, Christian value, to raising their kids to be like Christ. But baptism is a choice when you're older and can understand what you're doing. There's a few questions that we hear, and I just want to speak to some of those this morning. Common questions. And the first one was, if I was baptized as a baby, then I don't need to do it again, right? Like I just touched on, that wasn't your baptism because it actually wasn't your decision when you're a little bubby. Second common question is, do I need to get my life sorted out first before I get baptized? Can I ask you, do you clean yourself before you hop in the shower? God recognizes that we've all got sin in our life. 
And that's why he asks us to repent and turn from those ways. Getting baptized doesn't mean we have it all together by absolutely any means, but it shows that we're committed to standing with the one who does. Another common question is, do I have to do it in a church in front of a whole lot of people? First of all, you don't need to be in a church. It's just a building, isn't it? A church is just a building. I wasn't. I I was baptized in a church when I was in my teenage years in the Baptist church. But our three girls were baptized in the Jordan River in Israel. My 90-year-old grandmother was baptized in the Ruapehu River in Awakuni in the middle of winter. You don't have to get baptized in a church. But let me ask you this, why not? Why not? Because what we're doing is we're here to celebrate here with you. We're your church family. And it's a moment to publicly declare it, not hide away with maybe one or two people but to publicly say, I do. Also, when you publicly declare it, you know what can happen is you can inspire other people to take that step as well. Another thing is, often people want to wait until their family are around to be there. And whilst that's awesome that you want your family to be there, your extended family, The reality is in today's world, with the nationalities and immigrants and family living all over the show, the reality is it doesn't often happen. But you have a church family to celebrate with you. And we always record and we take photos and we celebrate just like it's a birthday. And you can share that with your family. One of the final questions I want to answer today is, I've been a Christian for years, and everybody knows I'm a Christian, so does it really matter if I get baptized? The reason I wear a wedding ring is not because it's shiny and pretty and that's expected or the tradition when you get married. I wear this because it honors and respects the relationship that I have with Daryl. And even if you've been a Christian for years or decades, putting the ring on your salvation will not only honor God, it will please him. Why? Because you're obeying his command and he asks us to go and be baptized. The musicians are going to come now, but as I'm drawing to a close, in a moment... I want to give you an opportunity to make this decision for yourself. An opportunity for all those who have never publicly declared their faith and gone through the waters of baptism. For all of those that were dedicated as children but haven't yet made that decision to be baptized themselves. And for all those that have been Christians for years and years but haven't yet put a ring, a public ring on that relationship. You see, on Sunday the 29th, which is just in a couple of weeks, we're going to have a baptism service. And so this is an opportunity for you to join countless others in getting baptized. This is a significant time, a significant step in your relationship with God. But before I invite you to do that, I want to tell you about a man in the Bible called Stephen. You see, Stephen was a man who was described as being full of faith 
and full of the Holy Spirit. I love that description. And he was appointed by the 12 disciples as a servant of God who would help deliver food to the poor. Isn't that awesome? That's what his job was. But it says that one day he got into a debate with some men when he was out doing his errands. And it says in Acts 6.10 that they could not stand up against the wisdom that the Spirit gave him as he spoke. I love that. So they got angry and made up lies and false accusations and brought him before the high council. The crowd began to get really angry at Stephen as he continued to speak through the wisdom of the Holy Spirit and they decided to stone him pretty full on. Then it goes on in Acts 7.55, it said, but Stephen, who was full of the Holy Spirit, in that moment, he gazed steadily into heaven and he saw the glory of God and he saw Jesus standing at the right hand of God, standing in the place of honor. And he told them, look, I see the heavens opened and the Son of Man is standing in the place of honor at God's right hand. The reason I read this to you is because it's fascinating. Because in the Bible, throughout Scripture, we read that Jesus was always sitting at the right hand of God. But in this moment, He was standing. You know that, that time when things get you to your feet? I believe in the moment He was standing because He loves Stephen. And he loved the way Stephen spoke about him. And I love the way that he and he loved the way that he acted and he stood up for God. I think Jesus was standing because he wanted to honor him. He wanted to honor the man who was willing to be stoned for his beliefs. You see, Jesus stands up for us when we stand up for him. And Jesus honours us when we honour Him. So church, I want to ask you today, if you're ready to publicly declare your faith, your commitment, and your love, and go through the waters of baptism, I'm going to ask you to stand up for your faith. Would you say, I have decided to follow Jesus and stand up for the one who's standing for you? We don't normally do things like this. But you know, I've been feeling like the Holy Spirit has been saying that we need to stand up for Him. We need to make a public declaration to Him. So I'm going to count to three in a minute. When I get to three, I want you to stand to your feet if you want to say yes to following Jesus in water baptism. And when you stand, as a church family, we're going to cheer you on. We're going to clap and we're going to celebrate with you. Because we want your faith to inspire those around you as well. We want your willingness to stand up for Jesus to inspire your parents, your children, your friends, your colleagues, and your neighbours. Will you stand up for Jesus today?
and take that next step of publicly declaring, I love you, Lord, and I want to do this journey with you forever. So if you're ready to make that decision and be baptized in two weeks' time, I'm going to invite you to stand and we're going to clap and cheer, aren't we, church? One, two, three. Come on, stand up if that's you. Come on, church. Come on. Come on, get up. Come on. Awesome. Stay standing. I want to pray for you right now. And while I'm praying, if you haven't stood up yet, you can stand up because we want you to stand up for Jesus. Come on, let's pray. Father God, I thank you for every single person here who's made a step to follow you, to say publicly, I love you, Jesus. And I want to take this next step because you mean the world to me. Thank you, Lord God, for every single person here and every other person. Lord Jesus, that's going to make that step for you. In your precious name, amen, amen. Come on, church, can we give them another round of applause? Fantastic. You can take your seat right now. Come on, can we give a big round of applause for Denise? What a great message this morning. Standing up for your faith, standing up for God. Hey, well done. It's such a great decision now. Uh, that you've made this morning. And in a few moments, we're going we're gonna to sing again and we're going to lift the roof off this place as we celebrate today. Literally lift it off, that's right. And, uh, but so in a few minutes there, I'd like to invite you. If you, if you just stood up then and, and wanted to be a part of our next water baptism service, that is what a great decision there this morning. And, and what I want you to do is this, is to quickly grab the Connect card in front of you 